Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hi, I hope you're having a great whatever, whenever you hear this. Have, hope you're having a great quarantine weekend. Evening, sleepless night, morning, whatever it is. This is Jen Kirkman. And you know you're listening to Having Funlessness with Jen Kirkman, but this is a special bonus episode for you who may not be a Patreon subscriber, but I wanted to introduce you to what goes on over there. So this is a 20-minute bonus episode that aired in April. So Every week, I do a 20-minute bonus episode that is about something in pop culture, something fun, nothing overly political or political at all, trying to stay away from anything related to the coronavirus. And so I thought I'd release one just for fun, just to cheer you up, but just to maybe entice you to uh, drop a 5, 10, 15, whatever you got a month. So how it works is at the $5 level, you get one 20-minute bonus episode a month. At 10, you get two. At 15, you get three. And at 20, you get four. So there you go. Um, Enjoy this. I take us all down memory lane as we remember the crazy days of when Katie Holmes and Tom Cruise first had their whirlwind romance. Oh, and to join, (laughs) that might be helpful. To join Patreon, go to patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. You can also just go to my website, jenkirkman.com, click podcast. From there, you can go to the Patreon, but I think you can handle, get a piece of paper and a pencil, patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Jen Kirkman. And there you go. That is, uh, I'm not on tour right now. I don't know if you heard, there's a pandemic. And uh, not doing the Zoom stand-up show thing. It's, this is, this is. This is what I do. This is who I am. So I would love your support if that is something that you can afford to do. If you're thinking, ah, she gets paid every time I watch her Netflix special. That is not how that works. I am living on my Patreon money. So 
Come on over, pay my bills, and I'll make you laugh for it. How's that sound? Enjoy this little bonus that you otherwise would not hear because it's behind a paywall. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that paywall. Okay, just this one time. Funlessness, funlessness, funlessness. Having Funlessness with Jen Kirkman, bonus episode number three. For my Patreon subscribers, thank you for being a super special, fancy Patreon subscriber. And here is your bonus. I know I said I would do 20 minutes each week for the bonuses about something in pop culture or the news. Um, And, you know, it is so hard to find anything that isn't related to COVID, but I found something, (laughs) but we're going to have to go back in the time machine. Um, So I found an article about how Katie Holmes' (laughs) daughter, Suri, is 14 years old, which is crazy. We all remember where we were when Suri was born. How has time gone by so fast? But I was I was really thinking about it because, well, because I have to, because I said I'd do this fucking podcast about pop culture right before a pandemic hit, and there is no more pop culture. But I was thinking about how I hate mysteries that I'm not allowed to know the answer to, right? Was Marilyn Monroe's death a purposeful suicide? Was it an overdose? Accidental? Was she killed by the Kennedys? That's my mother's theory. She knew too much, Jennifer. And you know, Robert, and they were all tied up in the mob. And she was going to talk. And they, they killed her. Now, why would she talk? She was in the fun mob that, you know, got you good tables in Vegas. She's not going to be like, I need to say something. And one of the mysteries of the world, you know, are there aliens, right? But one of the mysteries of the world that I'm angry I don't get to know about is the Tom Cruise-Katie Holmes marriage. Now look, of course I know something is going on with that man. Is he gay? I don't know. Well, let's take gay off the table because there's so much else going on with him besides he's possibly closeted. I have a theory. This is my Tom Cruise theory that he's not even a sexual person, that he is completely almost to a sociopathic level. Now, he might be a nice guy that gives to charity, but to uh, focused on career, that he has no self, that he got into this uh, level of Scientology way young. And that he's, he's like a, a shell of a person. <laughs> and that it's all about... Per- and listen, I know people that have met him, that have worked with him. He's nice. He's great. You can still be a shell of a person. And that for him, it's about suppressing any feelings, any human emotion. Because in being human, you are fallible. You can make mistakes. You cannot be the best. You cannot be doing your own stunts. You cannot be a big movie star. I mean, you can be, but there's a uh, 
to be the best, I, this is, I'm just telling you his pathology as I see it. I think he has a rage problem. I think he is caught up, obviously, in this level of Scientology that I think is, he's just so far removed from reality. And I think that, you know, maybe it's a Hollywood thing where you have to have a a spouse, right? To be, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why he's not just a bachelor, right? You, You know, like your George Clooney's. I mean, until he stopped being one, but I, th- I feel like all you have to be as a man in the business, the, you know, the whole rumor, the whole reason they don't want you to come out of the closet is they think the women fans will stop loving you. But I don't believe that to be true. This is women, they love their vampires. They love the unattainable man, right? Edward Scissorhands, that was the biggest movie of my generation for teenage girls. We're like, we hope to one day fall in love with a guy who is not wearing leather, but who seems to be made of leather and has scissors for hands that could kill us. So we really can't even be with him. And then he's going to run away and live in a castle and we'll never see him again. That was our ideal man. (laughs) Women can so easily fall for the unattainable, unavailable man, right? So I've never really understood this notion that if actors come out of the closet, women won't love them. I mean, so anyway, there is a a world where he didn't want to be a bachelor in public because he didn't want the gay rumors to go around. Whether he's gay or not, he didn't want the rumors. And I guess, you know, to a lot of studio executives, being a bachelor as an actor can be a great thing because it's women are going to see the movie and they're so happy that you're not taken. Maybe they'll get to date you. There's that. But I guess some men don't want that because again, that's when the gay rumors start. So, okay. So maybe he's the type, but he might also be the type that, well, I don't know if his need to be in marriages every so often is his need for companionship. And if it is, I don't think it's from a normal place. I think it's just having someone around (laughs) with this big laugh. And I just can't imagine him snuggling. I just can't imagine it. But, or maybe it is, you know, mandated per Scientology or per something in Hollywood, some overlord that we've never met, the Oz of Hollywood, who says, no, 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 you need to be married because women need to think you're this nice guy, you know, you do these movies where you're, I don't know, I've never seen one of his action adventure movies, but, you know, you need to round it out with being the married guy. I, I don't know. You know, you're playing this Jerry Maguire prick. You're, you're playing this bachelor in, in cocktail. But if they know in real life, you settled down, you had kids, you know, they'll love you. I don't know what it is. I don't much care about that, but I am obsessed with the Katie Holmes-Tom Cruise relationship, and I have been since it began. And I want to know how it began. I know that he had interviewed actresses, and Scarlett Johansson has gone on record about this. Before picking Katie, he'd interviewed actresses to start dating. For some reason, I don't believe 
I mean, I don't believe they met organically and fell in love. But for some reason, my theory is that he was doing that. And actresses were like, this is fucking weird. And then someone was like, we need to stop making this look like an interview. We're, we're, really, we're really not doing a good job playing this off. And so they arranged maybe, oh, let's meet via our agents and have a lunch. Oh, my God, I'm in love with you. And he probably knew that Katie Holmes would be an easy target because I think she had talked publicly. Well, I know she's talked publicly about this, but I don't remember she had said it before she was dating him, but that she always had a crush on him. She had a poster of him on her wall growing up, yada, yada, yada. He's a little bit older than her, whatever. So they fall in love. (coughs) Her life is completely not her own anymore. She stops working, gets pregnant with Suri, pretty soon after they start dating. And then there were all those rumors that, no, 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 the the father was the guy from Dawson's Creek that she was on with that she was dating at one point. Is his name Chris Pine? I don't know. There's Chris Klein, Chris Pine. I get them all confused. And that everyone says, oh, Suri really looks like this Chris guy. And that it was his baby because Tom Cruise didn't have biological kids with Nicole Kidman. Or I think, listen, don't rely on me as your Hollywood gossip, but there was all these rumors. Oh, and it, and it was perfect, and she could have the baby, and he didn't mind. And the, You know, so did they sign a contract? Well, at the very least, she signed a I-can't-talk-about-what-he's-really-like agreement. And I do know from knowing about the Church of Scientology that she can only keep Surrey in her life if she doesn't badmouth Tom Cruise or badmouth Scientology, so she can't speak. So we may never know. But what I think is the most badass thing, and I can't believe they haven't made a movie about it, even if they don't say it's Katie Holmes, that she, when she decided to leave him, and I don't know, was the contract up? And that's why she felt free enough to do it. Were they about to sign another one? I don't know. But that she got this burner phone and called her dad, who's just this, you know, Midwest lawyer. And when she met Tom Cruise, her family was saying, please don't do this. Please, 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 this seems off. Please don't marry him. And her dad had always said, if you ever need me, I'm here. And she had really cut a lot of people out of her life, including her own family. And, but then gets a burner phone. That's such a, how do you even, if you're in a situation where you need a burner phone so that your partner and his Scientology minders can't trace what you've been doing, how do you even get, the burner phone. We always skip over that part. Oh, they got a burner phone. That's how they did it. Yeah, well, back it up. How? Because you have to go get one, and she's always being monitored. So did she whisper something to – because she you – no know more does she have an, um, you know, uh, an assistant that's of her own. I think then she has to go with his publicist, which is also a Scientology person. Like, her whole life got switched up. So I'm always fascinated with that. I would watch a two-hour movie – on this is how, this is the moment she decided to get a burner phone. These are the steps she took to get it. And the movie ends with her getting the phone. I don't need any other detail. To me, that's the juiciest thing. And probably was the greatest feat of all time. Now, I know someone in the business. I shall not reveal their name. But they were at a dinner party that Tom Cruise was having at his house. It was a big party. Lots of like industry people. 
And they're sitting at this impossibly long table, you know, tons of people, I don't know, 25. And I think it had just been, not Hurricane Katrina, oh boy, the, the big tsunami that that was, um, ah, oh God, I'm forgetting where it was, but the big tsunami, and I believe, you know, like a famous model's died or her photographer husband died. You, you know the one I'm talking about. I could look it up, but I'd have to put the microphone down. So, you know, somebody just, they were chit-chatting. Somebody brought it up. Oh, isn't it so terrible, the tsunami? And Tom Cruise stood up, walked out of the room, and somebody, Secret Service style, went over to this person, removed them from the room, took them aside and said, we do not talk about negative things in front of Tom. So I'm going to release you back into the dinner and you're not going to bring up anything. Not the tsunami, not Hurricane Katrina, not 9-11, not the Great Depression, nothing. Not the crucifixion of Jesus, just nothing negative. He doesn't want negative energy or negativity in his life. So I don't know what he does, you know, if he has to write a check to a charity. How do they explain to him that these people need money? Why do they need money? Well, you know, um, are they, you can't say they're suffering, they're starving. So it all brings me to, when I read that Surrey was 14, I thought, wow, has it really been about 15 years since the craziest interview that ever existed with Katie Holmes. And it really, I'm glad, it's like not, it's funny now because she's out the other side, but it was, I knew nothing about Katie Holmes. I didn't watch Dawson's Creek. I was just a little too old to have gotten into it. I, I just, you know, I just knew, oh, Tom Cruise has this new person in his life. He's jumping on Oprah's couch. He's calling Matt Lauer glib about vitamins or some kind of Scientology thing he's doing. This was really the height of, is Tom Cruise so crazy that he's over? And I feel like if all that happened now, I think he would have been, in quotes, canceled, or at the very least, not renewed. And so this interview came out in W Magazine with Katie Holmes. And people were talking about it. People were like, um, is she okay? This is kind of weird. We can't really do anything about it, but... And I just wanted to share it with you. If this is a piece of pop culture history that you missed out on, Aunt Jen is here. Um, and actually recently, a couple years ago, a writer revisited this interview and talked about the behind the scenes of that day, but I could not find it anywhere. I was Googling it all day. Anything I Googled, the internet was like, do you mean COVID-19 deaths? I was like, no, I'm trying to find an article about an article about a Katie Holmes article. And they were like, ma'am, we have scrubbed the internet of all of that. We can only show you articles about COVID-19. And I'm all, forget it. I, I managed to find this, this article. So um, okay, so I'm just going to skip around because it's an eloquently written article with a lot of other things that aren't pertaining to this. But uh, okay, so of course, this is W Magazine, August 1st, 2005, written by Robert Haskell. Um, of course, Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes isn't an arranged marriage, although it was certainly arranged quickly. 
The awesomely public couple had all of six weeks, during much of which Holmes was on the Batman Begins junket, to decide that they loved each other. And and that's an actually interesting point. When you're on a press junket for a movie, you're in different cities and countries. You're in different cities every day, different countries a few a week, practically. I mean, you're working 24-7. So it is a weird time to start a relationship. It certainly can be done, but it's a weird time to uh, fall that deep. You're not spending that much time together. It's not your usual start to a relationship where you a couple dates really went well. Oh my God, we just like can't get enough of each other. I haven't called my friends in three weeks. It's not that kind of thing when you're in a junket. So anyway, they had about six weeks while she was on a press junket to decide that they loved each other, they wanted to spend their lives together, and that they would buck Hollywood convention to say nothing of common sense and sing their joy from the mountaintops. I mean, that is interesting. So it's like they have no choice but to do that. Arranged marriages are measured often solemn affairs, but the fist pump of the Cruz Holmes union is another story. And the more times Holmes tells it, the stranger it sounds. I found the man of my dreams, says the 26-year-old actress sitting in a bathrobe as a manicurist paints her nails and a stylist teases her hair into wavelets in preparation for this W Magazine photo shoot. It's 8 a.m., and Holmes looks astonishingly fresh for a woman who taped several television shows the previous day before heading back to Cruz's New York apartment, putting on her sweatpants and Ugg slippers, and settling in for a late movie with her sweetheart. From the moment I met him, she continues, it just felt like I'd known him forever. I was blown away. He's the most incredible man. He's so generous and kind, and he helps so many people, and um, he makes me laugh like I've never laughed, and he's a great friend. This is how the conversation begins. This is also how it continues and how it ends. No question can do much to change its course. Do you worry that this might be a rebound romance for either of you? I've never met anyone like Tom, Katie replies. Do you, do you ever wonder whether this is just a honeymoon phase? Tom and I will always be in our honeymoon phase. Did you learn anything in your previous relationship, five years with actor Chris Klein? Oh, it is Chris Klein, which came to an end when they called off their engagement this past winter. Chris and I care about each other, and we're still friends. Tom is the most incredible man in the world. <laughs> this, is, this is printed. Do you feel that with more relationship experience, you get better at resolving conflicts? Meeting Tom, I'm just exhilarated. He makes me laugh. We have fun. We understand each other. Everything is so aligned. I feel so lucky and so like I've been given such a gift, such a gift, you know, and it's just really amazing. If Holmes were actually answering the questions posed rather than simply reciting the same mantra-like love letter, she'd be making a somewhat provocative point. Her relationship is not like other relationships with their conflicts, compromises, and complications. There will be no apology flowers, nights spent on the couch, or couples therapy for these two. As a practicing Scientologist, Cruz strongly disapproves of psychiatry. Is there anything you guys don't have in common? You know, we appreciate each other. Has it been a challenge to make his kids feel comfortable? They're just exceptional people. Isn't it an adjustment to move in with someone and only after a month? In late May, Holmes packed up her apartment in Hollywood's El Royale complex and moved into Cruz's Beverly Hills mansion. He's the man of my dreams. Does he leave his dirty socks on the bedroom floor, something, anything? No. 
It's impossible even for a moment to slip under the halo, halo of cartoon hearts dancing around Holmes' head, which I partly explains why the media has so relished the project of puncturing her happiness ever since it was first broadcast from the David D. Donatello Awards in Rome on April 29th. Anyone who has seen photos from the couple's June tour of Europe European capitals, blah, 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 okay, um, will recognize cold-eyed Jessica Rodriguez, a third wheel at all of Holmes' recent public appearances. Rodriguez was described to me as Katie Holmes' Scientologist chaperone, and it was clear that she would be on hand during our interview, despite my protests. Polite and restrained, but alert to troublesome questions, Rodriguez chimes in only to offer an amen following one of Katie Holmes' rhapsodies. You adore him, Rodriguez says, after the actress explains that she can't keep her hands off of Cruz. But she rises from her chair when Holmes is asked how she feels about the widespread disbelief of her new union. The truth is we don't read that stuff because it's just rude, Rodriguez says, referring to rumors that Cruz made a financial arrangement with Holmes. When I suggest that the televised uh, hyper, hyperbolic, hyperbolizing, hyperbolizing, I can't say that word, of their happiness may have undercut its credibility, Rodriguez says, have you ever been in love? You just want to share it with the world. I suggest that many couples prefer to cherish the feeling privately, especially in the delicate first few months. Brad and Angelina, whatever the nature of their relationship, comes to mind. But why can't they go public? You know what I mean, Rodriguez continues. Like Brad and Angelina, that's just a shame for them, right, Katie? Yeah, I mean, I'm just so happy, Katie says in reply, as a makeup artist begins to powder her cheeks. And I love celebrating our happiness. I can't keep it in. Meanwhile, the tabloids report that friends back in Toledo, Ohio, where Holmes grew up, are worried about her. People who say that aren't my friends, Katie says. Um, they wonder whether Cruz is sabotaging her career by steering her away from roles that deal with subject matter that Scientology disapproves of. In particular, the role of the drug-addled Edie Sedwick in George Higginlooper's upcoming Factory Girl, which Holmes pulled out of. Tom's so supportive and he's such an inspiration. I just felt that the role wasn't right for me. And in light of my Batman Begins schedule and everything, it was just not the right move. When I pick roles, I ask, first, is this a story that I want to tell? Can I help move this story along? And will I be an asset to it? I'm excited to keep expanding and finding different roles to play. What about a film with Cruz? That would be such an honor. Such an honor. Cruz may not be imposing his will on Holmes' career, but with Rodriguez's help, he appears to have made a strong bid for her soul. After the interview, when I ask Rodriguez how long she's worked with Holmes, reports call her a longtime employee of the Church of Scientology. She waves her hand and says, oh, no, we're just best friends. Well, Katie has a lot of friends. Oh, and how long have you been friends? Oh, a while, Rodriguez answers. I don't know. It turns out the women were introduced only six weeks earlier when Holmes met Cruz. On the day we meet, Holmes tells me she's not a Scientologist. Three days later in Europe, she'll announce that she's converted. You know, it's really exciting. I just started auditing, and I'm taking some courses, and I really like it. I feel it's really helping. What I like about it is that, you know, I was raised Catholic, and you can be a Catholic and a Scientologist, Jewish and a Scientologist. I'm learning to celebrate my own spirit, my own being. 
No pressure from Cruz, she swears. That's really ludicrous because, I mean, you have to know Tom. He is the most loving, generous man who, first of all, he wants to help people. He doesn't put pressure on people. He is the kindest, smartest, most adoring man. It is a pleasure and a privilege to be with him. As if that weren't already perfectly clear, just then a security guard lumbers into the dressing room and presents Holmes with a giant silver box tied in a thick purple ribbon. A small crowd gathers to watch her gleefully tear open the package and pluck out a Chanel diamond necklace, a gift naturally from Cruz. He's my man! He's my man! She screams, then jumps up on her chair to do an impression of Tom's now famous sofa shtick from Oprah. People begin to cheer. This is your moment, cries the manicurist. I can do splits, too, Holmes says, jumping down and splaying herself across the floor. On that note, I suggest we should probably get the photo shoot started. On that note, she replies, I love him. <laughs> if you, I hope I have brought you joy with the greatest living article ever written about Katie Holmes. And we are so happy <clears throat> that she's got her life back. Happy birthday, Surrey. Ah, until next bonus, have fun. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.